I had the biggest, fattest head of any baby that was ever born into the human species. My head was, and remains, a combination of the head from the alien in Alien and a prize-winning albino cassava melon from the Iowa State Fair. I feel truly sorry for my parents, Patricia Shea Whitman and Robert Bob Wilson, when I imagine them cradling my doughy giganticness in the rain-soaked winter of 1966 on their houseboat in Seattle. I was one of those tots that you see and gasp under your breath in quizzical horror. I wasn't one of those babies that made it easy for viewers to hide their surprised revulsion. I'm sure no one knew what to say when they saw my white, bloated, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade head lolling about on my snowy, damp potato sack body. I was like some kind of larva. I was the color of grubworms that have never seen the sun. Picture an ashen manatee with a tiny human face. Now picture this creature screaming to have its diaper changed. You get the idea. No, you don't. I need to keep going. I'm not sure if you fully understand the large-headed, pale horror of baby rain. If there were a maggot with vaguely human features wrapped in swaddling clothes, that would have been me. The University of Washington Hospital probably bleached the entire pediatric ward after I left due to my resemblance to a life-size white blood corpuscle. I was like Louis Anderson with the head of E.T. Note, I wanted to include a baby photo here, but the publisher refused, citing research that 80% of people read celebrity biographies while eating lunch. If the nurse at the hospital had swapped me with a big-eyed albino hippo baby, that probably would have explained everything. Instead, my parents were handed a lumpy, job of the hut like infant that made sounds like a calf being strangled by an octopus. Me. Okay, now you get the idea. Moving on. Obviously, I don't know much about my infancy and early childhood, just weird little details I've gleaned from my curiously uncommunicative bohemian proto-hippie parents. From what I understand, after I was born, a furious debate raged between Bob and Shay over what to name me. You see, in case you didn't manage to gather it from the cover of this book or from the title credits of The Office or Backstrom, my name is Rain, R-A-I-N-N, two N's. How did I come to have this moniker? How did my parents arrive at it? It's quite simple, actually. Weird name plus weird kid equals weird parents. To call my parents odd is perhaps the biggest understatement any person could ever make. Kind of like calling Hitler mean or Warren Buffett well-off. There will be much written about my parents, all of them. My mom, Patricia, changed her name to Shea in 1965. She was raised on a farm in Wyoiga, Wisconsin, and spent a year living with chickens. I'm not exaggerating. Her brothers and sister were all older. Her mom died when she was two, appendicitis, and her dad didn't have the ability to watch her and farm the farm at the same time. Note, I don't actually know what Grandpa Raleigh Whitman did on that farm other than what I've gleaned from TV shows like Little House on the Prairie and books like Charlotte's Web and the Bible. He probably sowed seed and drove a tractor around with a floppy hat. Actually, it was probably a baseball cap because he was pretty macho and it was Wisconsin. I imagine there were animals to slop and various things that needed trimming, etc. I know there's a time for planting, a time for harvesting, and for everything there is a season, turn, turn, turn. I know this from the birds. So Raleigh Whitman would leave my three- or four-year-old eventual mommy, Patty, soon to be Shay, in with the chickens and pigs for a good part of the day. 
She would play with the chicks and the worms and the corn kernels and piglets and pebbles and mud balls in said coop and wait for her older siblings to come back from the one-room schoolhouse several miles away. That experience alone is enough to drive any person nuttier than Bjork or Cher. Throw in a lot of rampant alcoholism and a family that was only capable of expressing one emotion, anger, and you've got a recipe for weird. My dad, Robert George Wilson, also had a pretty miserable childhood. His dad, Chester Wilson, was an alcoholic who looked like Gollum's fat Midwestern uncle and allegedly stole his lightning rod company, Willcore Grounding Systems, from his very own brother and made millions off of it while his brother moved back to Minnesota and had to run Wilson Brothers Auto Parts in Thief River Falls. True actual story. I'm a little resentful of old Chester, as we were always very poor while I was growing up, and he was super rich, a millionaire member of the Seattle Yacht Club who lived in the wealthiest part of the city. Also, the only present I ever got from old Chester was when I was 10, a plaid thermos, which had obviously been regifted. I once tried to use the thermos and put hot chocolate in it. The glass interior of said thermos exploded and shot up towards my face, narrowly missing my eyeballs. R.I.P. Chester. I hope you're sipping champagne out of that big plaid thermos in the sky, looking down at us Wilsons with mercy and the teeniest bit of remorse. When my dad was about eight, his mother was staying at a sanatorium in Chicago where she was being treated for tuberculosis. Sanatoriums, it should be noted, were used to treat almost all women's health issues of the era. One day, he and his sister, my Aunt Wendy, got all dressed up to visit their mom when she was very close to being released, and there was a commotion. From a bathroom window, she had seen her children in the courtyard below, run to greet them, slipped and hit her head on a sink, and died. <laughs> 